0: everybody, welcome back to Play Games, Lose Friends. This is episode 10. It is Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. This is Ryan back with Ken, and it's good to be back. We have a good one planned for tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've played recently, as we usually do. We actually had a fair amount of games in the last since the last time. We got a chance to split some time playing Arc Nova as a two-player, just to get some uh, experience, a little bit of legs under the game, because it's quite a big one, so we'll talk about that we're going to review Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is a favorite of mine and I think yours to a lesser extent and talk about backbot later. We had a very good uh, <laughs> a very good long period of time where we didn't record and in that time you were a, a pretty busy guy with shoutouts and and hooking up with some other folks in the industry. So do you want to dive into those right away if you can?
1: Yeah, I guess so right off the bat. Again, let's give another shout out to Stranger Game Studio uh and and officially to our buddy Antonio Laga from you know the designer of Kabala Kabbalah has been successfully uh funded so that game will be hitting our table later this year so super excited thank you very much for Antonio everything that you've done and you know allowed yeah, us thank to you. get a prototype and and you know do do our last episode hopefully <laughs> I know it, it was late but we got it done <laughs> also want to uh Shout out to, uh, a couple of Chris's, uh, one from, uh, Chris from Victory Media. Uh, he has, uh, is one of our friends on, uh, Instagram. Uh, he, he comments on our posts. We, we go back and forth and DM. So, uh, again, Chris, thank you very much for, for, uh, lit, being a, being a listener and enjoying what we have to say and what we have to offer. And, uh, hopefully you're liking Res Arcana and the two expansions. Uh, and, and then uh, the second Chris is um, our second prototype that we received as a podcast. Chris is one of the, if not the lead designer on a game called uh, Survive the Game. So he sent us uh, some of the different decks to try out in this new sort of survival card game um, so at, at, at first uh impression from what i'm reading and what i'm understanding it's sort of like uh a mix between uh super fight and then i guess just a little bit of a, a party flavor to it but it's all about uh seeing who can survive these various situations uh the longest uh and then our last shout out is uh Kevin from KW games uh if you again if you follow us on instagram uh for the last 2 weeks i've been touting and 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 begging for people to help back uh, deep root dwellers i i love this game and i again much like kabbalah i've never played it but i want to play it and i want this game it's probably not gonna fund but who knows you know stranger things have happened um but kevin reached out to us uh we're hoping that maybe that becomes our uh, our third prototype and we yeah, can hopefully help.
0: fingers crossed
1: and we can help deep root dwellers maybe on their relaunch if they choose to relaunch um again i posted some of the artwork it's like i don't know it's almost like everdell meets star realms you know with uh you know you know I, i don't know it's just got so many good things going for it i think it's just i don't know what it is there's so much stuff that happens on kickstarter so many big games i think it just got sort of buried in the pile so to speak but you know we're rooting for you kevin and deep root dwellers so um so yeah that that Brings us, uh, I guess, our, our shout out portion to a conclusion. Um, so thank you all for for your you know for your follows, for your commenting, uh, and again just for your sort of your friendship. So thank you.
0: I'm going to tip my nerd cap to you as well for for being the uh, driving force behind setting a lot of this up. I abhor social media in all forms, and so you're doing the the Lord's work by networking, getting <laughs> not only our. our you know, little show out there, but also bringing in some games for us to help participate in, which is a really cool experience. So, thank you, buddy, for doing all that.
1: Well, it's 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 what I do, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's more than me. I just do all the editing.
1: Uh, well, so we got that's the some, Lord's work too, right? Don't don't uh, don't feel like you're I, not.
0: I'd, I'd argue that might be the Devil's work, but either way, there's some <laughs> deity involved. Um, since the last time we met, we got to play some stuff, and we got to play together. We got a good two-player night in one night, uh, up at your place for once, and we got to play some pretty fun stuff. Do you want to, uh, to start with our our two-player game that we started with?
1: Yeah, um, I guess our big shout-out, and again, we've become such Roxley marks. There's a reason why we love Roxley games, and that's because their games are good. Um, and we got, uh, Rad to the table, and, uh... Radlands is a two player, uh sort of set in a dystopian, sort of Mad Maxian, almost Borderlands type uh world, uh where you use water as the key resource on playing cards, uh getting more water, triggering raiders, playing your your characters or your punks, um, doing their abilities. Um and, and again the goal is to basically everyone has three bases you know it's a two player game so uh each of you have two ba- uh, three bases and you got to damage the base twice right once to damage it and then the second time to destroy it um and there is so many different unique abilities unique characters um you know you can use the backs of the cards as as sort of meat shields uh, i know we got a we tried it a little bit i think on new years maybe i think or, or or one of our get-togethers, and we didn't get to finish it because then the wives wanted to play games, which is fine by us. So we quickly cleaned up, but we got this back to the (laughs) table. And and, and Ryan, I was... Again, I know we're Roxy Marks, but it was such a good game. I really enjoyed the decisions and the mechanics of this. And I don't know, there was just so much going on for such a small card game in a way, but but it's more than that, right? There's just so many good decisions. You always want more and more water. You want to... I don't know. It just, I love the mechanics of it. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, it, It's very good. It's a solid two player game. Um, you know, you mentioned Roxley, certainly the, the component quality and all that adds to the game. The art's beautiful. Manny Tremblay, who does the dice throne stuff, you know, did that as well. There's just so much to, to like about it from a presentation standpoint. And then you kind of think, all right, well, maybe it's just window dressing on a turd. And it turns out the game's actually really, really good um, at a two player count. It's, one of the more thinky two-player games I've played recently. Uh, on surface, it doesn't look that way, but there's enough variation with card mechanics and variety of cards. The deck's pretty big. You have a lot of that decision-making you were talking about that you have to make throughout the game that's impactful for every turn. And I think you really start to see some patterns form as you play. I, I definitely, the second game we played, I know I had I drafted the, um, <laughs> the structures, and you only get three. And I went for all damage thinking, all right, well, you know, I can try try to focus on damage and get some more, you know, power through to your end and and maybe eliminate you. And, oh, my God, was that a mistake? Uh, (laughs) I was totally unprepared for what came. I could not keep anything on the board. The variety of actions that you get to perform really do dictate how the game plays, but it's better to have some balance there. And so I learned that the hard way that second game. But I really enjoyed it. Uh I think that's something I would like to play another couple dozen times at least. I don't think I could really get tired of it. And I think that's another one of those games that looks kind of ripe for some level of expansion too in terms of additional cards, but it's it's great. It, the universe they've created there, the the theme and the lore or whatever is is solid and the gameplay is solid. It's very almost tower defense in a way, but such a simplified version of it that I really dug it, and I think we should definitely try to get some more games of that in when we can.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and, and you are correct. You were horrible that second game. And, yeah. um, <laughs> Thank you, I buddy. felt so bad for you. I felt so I admit, bad for you. I'm like, I am destroying him. Like, I, like usually, obviously, we, we go pretty... We go... Um, I don't know. I feel like we're pretty equal, right? We both have a very competitive spirit. We both yeah. always... You know, want to win. I think our brains function similar when it comes to games. Like, scary, but know, yes. Yeah. I mean, you want to maximize your play. You want to make the most impact on every action, every turn, right? Like, and I don't know if it was, again, maybe I, maybe I, you know, could have explained the, the little card draw on, on the camps a little differently to you, but. No, I thought I, you picked I it just, up from the first game, and I was like, you have one card, dude. Like, that's not I cool. I was so focused
0: like, on the, the structural abilities that I just wasn't paying attention to the other stuff, which, you know, car, card draw in that game is pretty sparse, right? You have to kind of pay attention to how much you start with and how much you're able to get per turn through abilities. So there's a lot to consider beyond just playing the cards and having, you know, individual powers on the cards. And that, that I think, adds another dimension to it. So. It's surprisingly deep for a, a fairly simplistic on the surface two player game, but it's it's very good. And yeah, I I just played terrible that second game. And lesson learned: I like to try weird strategies like that once in a while just to have fun. And uh, it was not fun that time. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie; it was it was brutal. <laughs> but that's okay. I yeah.
1: Learned. Um. So yeah, two two comments to that. One, I think one to your point, like hundred percent, Roxy's going to get expansions. There's no doubt, right? It got good. It got good praise. It hit packs unplugged this year. It was a big hit there, right? So, and, and hopefully what they do is just give more of what is good, right? More camps, more punks, more raids or more events, right? Like, that's all it needs. And then you, you just add to the piles. Okay. You know, don't, don't need another board. Don't need a, a big box. Like just, just keep it simple and just add more of what's good. Um, yep. and I think that's I could even what makes see another a good resource expansion. type, maybe, M- maybe, but but again, then you're making people rebuy play mats, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's true, you know, like keep it simple, and maybe there's a card that's a resource, right? Because I think, and this is my second point, and I, and I posted this uh on our Instagram the other day. Um, there's a company called Small Box Games, and uh, the designer is uh John Cloutis. and John. Uh, most of his, again, a lot of his games are two-player, uh, you know, not all of them, but some of them are, are, are highly uh, focused two-player games, and they're just simple decks of cards. Uh, and what he does with a card, right, his multi-use card techniques are amazing, whether it's pitching it, or turning it upside down, or tapping it, or flipping it, you know, right side up, back, you know. Upside down, like, he has a way of adding mechanisms into the multi-use card. And why I'm bringing this up is that is a huge aspect of Radlands, right? A card is yes. not just a card. A card can be pitched for, you know, almost like if you think ma- magic, right, you can pitch it for mana kind of way. But instead of mana, you're actually getting a an action and, and the action is specific on that card. So it could get you, uh, it could do a damage or it could, uh, draw you a card or untap something, right? So like, and, and honestly, knowing when to use a card versus use a card for its pitch ability, I think is a huge, uh, aspect of this game. And, and again, I love multi-use cards and, and that's where the decision is. Like, this card's so good. Do I hold it? Well, I'm not going to play it for a while cuz it costs a lot. But the ability it has if I pitch yeah. it can get me back in this game and you know what I mean or or give me a little bit of a swing, right? Cuz it becomes a tug of war and you want to stay on the offense. You don't want to like you don't want to be passive in this game. It's not a passive game.
0: No, it's not. I think you definitely have to weigh the abilities, you know, that you start the game with two in the decisions that you make with the cards that you pitch, because a lot of times you end up filling gaps with those cards. And one of the things I thought was cool that I wasn't expecting when we started is there's actual, you know, basically like named characters in the game and they kind of are super, super powerful, cost a lot, but have like crazy abilities. And so I would draw those too and look at them and be like, all right, well, this is obviously really good. I should hang on to this. And it got to be two, three turns. I couldn't play it. And I'm starting to think that, okay, maybe I'm making a mistake here. So you're absolutely right. That most of the decision-making is in how you spend the water per turn. And then, you know, what you are trying to get out of the hand that you have. And a lot of times it just pays off to just say sayonara to the best stuff, because the abilities that you get off pitching them are going to end up being more impactful for the game. It's It's more of a Less of a win-the-war and more of a win-the-battle type game, if that makes any sense.
1: Absolutely. But again, if you like two-player games, if you like a good tug-of-war, uh, if you like multi-use cards, if you like resource management, because again, it's, it's a minimalist type resource pool, uh, definitely get Radlands. Run. Don't walk. It's solid. Yeah, and for the price point, point, it, it and, and again, get Deluxe. You're not going to be disappointed. Uh, I th- you know, I think I posted that the other day about another game, right? Like, you get, you know, you, you, you have two price points sometimes. There's a, there's a basic and it's like, I don't know. I'll just make up numbers. It's 20 bucks, right? But then there's a deluxe version for 35, 40. And you're like, ah, do I really want to spend the, mo- the extra? And then you take a chance on it. But when you crack that box and you see the difference that your money made, like you just, you just, it it completely validates your purchase, um, and and Radlands, the 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 deluxe version of Radlands definitely does that. You feel that those those chunky chips, the the play mats, the, um, I'm trying to think what else was there in there that makes it deluxe. I think it's just the play mats and the and the chips, but it's well Peter worth and it. Roxley does boxes, so. right? They do storage oh, that, I mean,
0: component storage, right? They, they, oh. they just have that down. They know what they're yeah. doing.
1: Yeah, it's not just one box. It's it's a nice box within a box, you know? Yeah.
0: So that was Radlands. Um, we also got a chance to play uh, another game that you just picked up recently off Kickstarter. Finally fulfilled, I should say. And that was, um, I already forget the name.
1: Yeah, you're bad at this name. It is a tough name, but it's a solid game. So it's called Reincarnated. Oh, so clever. And, yeah. And this is from uh, Doolittle Gaming. And what this is, is you're sort of building a, sort of an evolutionary tree uh, of animals uh, and and organisms. Uh, And I think there was even, from Kickstarter, was like mythical beasts. So, like, you can get a hydra or a minotaur, so to speak. Uh, And again, what drew me in, uh, and maybe people are starting to pick up on it, I'm a sucker for animal art. I'm a sucker for anthropomorphic art. (laughs) in games too Uh, I think we'll have to do a whole episode dedicated to that because there's so many games up here in the attic that has either one of those two things but yeah you're addicted um,
0: to this those genres of games I have no idea why but you have more than anyone I know
1: (laughs) (laughs) but like so anyway so but it's a real solid game I think it's uh, so you get uh, you build as many cards as, as you want I think once you get at least six alive organisms, you can then, if your last card in your timeline or in your evolution line can trigger the human, you then evolve into the human. And there's, like, a little bit of take that. There's uh, secret scoring where, like, when you recruit an animal... Or incarnate, right? I'm sorry. I, I should use the right terminology. When you incarnate, you um, get to do the ability of the animal uh, or the organism. However, you can take people's cards. You can, uh, and again, or, or you can incarnate again. So it just, like, keeps adding. And you can build a little bit of a chain, a little bit of a combo. Um, but the crazy part is you don't know your scoring objective and your opponents don't know theirs so you have to spend or hope you get animals that you can reincarnate into uh that allow you to look at your cards so you know what you're trying to score and it's uh, uh you know it'll be based on the amount of colors of, of the animal types in your in your chain um it'll be based on you know maybe if you have something dead uh it'll also give you some special unique scoring uh and, and the crazy part is uh you choose you know whoever it is you know again i say you but anyone at the table once you hit a certain criteria can end the game however it's sometimes you have to really look it around the table because you could end the game and still not win uh the human only gives you an extra 5 bonus points uh and i think in in our game i think the the difference between first and second place was what two points one point maybe even three at max yeah like yeah, it, was small. it was close and 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 again, you didn't know what each other had, so to speak. So you're just sort of assuming you were ahead of the game, but you, you can think you're way ahead and not be. But swinging back, and and, actually, I'll I'll pause, Ryan. What are your thoughts? I know you know you got you know you played it with with us.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a a pretty sweet little game for the price point. Um, There's a lot to keep track of. I'll say that, like uh, the evolutionary chains that exist when you kind of you know evolve into the next, you know, animal type or whatever it was. And then the fact that you can kind of not only have to keep track of your board, but everybody else's, because there are a lot of cards that let you remove stuff from their chain is to deny them points or, you know, remove stuff from your own and swap with theirs to get you more of what you need to fulfill a hidden objective or some combos. So there's a lot of that going on. I think first playthrough that just didn't resonate with me but I think subsequent playthroughs, I'd be able to kind of see that, you know, rain man it out a little more, if that makes sense. But I like the <laughs> – Absolutely. Yeah. I like the scoring conditions and I like the sort of on-rails evolution you had to follow and that you could kind of control the direction that went with other cards. That was kind of cool. Again, with like the multi-use card type thing, there there were some some of that in here, but but not as deep as Radlands.
1: Yeah. And then it had like a pinch – of like fantasy realms, red rising, right? Like, yes. So like, if you, uh, and I'm trying, and again, I apologize. I'm just making something up, but like, if you drew the giant anteater and the ant was either in, uh, the, 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 the community pool or in your tableau or your chain, like you could do stuff. So again, thematically, the ant and the eater do stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of others. There was like, to, uh uh oh, oh the warthog and the meerkat again a little timon and pumba uh nod right they work off of each other there was something with like uh like a butterfly and a caterpillar like right? so so it's it's got these like little thematic like little fantasy realm type nuggets um but yet even go back to pop culture which I thought was kind of neat and and cool in a way that you could add that little bit of whims and it still doesn't, it still, you know, doesn't make the game feel lame or doesn't make it, you know, it's too, not too tongue in cheek. Like it's, it's a solid, fun game. Uh, and again, the artwork is so good. I love the blank eyes on, on these animals. It, the, yeah, <laughs> almost it's, like it's, it's like cool. a Johnny Cash song. You know what I mean? Like I love it. <laughs> um, it was cool. I yeah, like so, the art. Yeah. I think we're going to, um, we're going to keep. Yeah, uh, you know, we're gonna try to get it to the table more. Uh, maybe eventually get it reviewed. Um, but also, we're gonna try to uh, you know talk to the designer of it, uh, and uh, maybe if he goes back to Kickstarter uh, with some expansions, uh, we'll be uh, able to give you guys our first thoughts and help him out.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. We got to get that in with four players too. I think it would be pretty fun with four. Yeah, solid. So those are the those are the ones we got together, um, and we have one more that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I'm going to keep that a secret for now. I also have two that I played. Um, one from start to finish over the course of a couple weeks during our long hiatus here, and that is another Roxley product. I brought this up before in a prior episode. We had I had picked up Dice Throne Adventures and I got it to the table. My wife and I actually played through it uh, from start to finish. We did the normal difficulty level from start to finish. I played the uh, Shadow Thief, and I think she she had the Seraph or Seraph, however you say it, and uh, she loved it. Like, we had a really good time playing that game. It was very fun. It wasn't something that we were kind of like – sometimes you get those games that are multiple playthroughs, scenario, or campaign-based, and you're kind of just like, eh, I don't feel like it tonight. Like, I don't want to sit down and do that. And we never had that feeling with this game. It was like, let's go roll some dice. Let's go kill some shit. Let's get some loot. Like it's just very Diablo-ish almost in a way. The, the video hmm. game where you kill some stuff, pick up some loot, kill some stuff, pick up some loot. Um, the maps were fun. The randomly they randomly generated. Yes. It was a lot of that. And, and in a board game, I haven't really had that experience too much. Um, but this, uh, this fit and Dice Throne itself is fun, right? It's a fun game with just two people. It's a fun game with 2v2. It's a fun battle royale type game. Seeing it put into a, a cooperative mode had me excited, but also a little skeptical, knowing that the base game, but it, boy, did it translate to be a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm actually really looking forward to playing it with our group of four as well. They include some legacy stuff inside the box, Um so once you finish the campaign, you can take that legacy stuff and open it, crack it open and add that to the game. I think it adds some additional map tiles, some additional loot, maybe some new uh monsters or something, but Really great. Looking forward to doing it with four people. And again, I was kind of surprised that my wife liked it as much as she did, but we cranked through like the entire game in a matter of what, maybe two and a half, three weeks. Um, and that's saying a lot because like you play yeah. eight games and the difficulty ramps up and it can be pretty tough. It can be pretty tough at times. The bosses are not easy, but we had a blast and uh, I couldn't recommend it more. And I'm really looking forward to getting it to the table with the rest of you goons. So should be a good time.
1: Now, do you have to be a Dice Throne fan to enjoy the Dice Throne adventures?
0: So it's you still play the characters like you do in Dice Throne, but you're okay. you know you're allied together to kind of fight monsters and bosses, and so you're not the head to head aspect of it doesn't come into play much, um, and you kind of play off each other's abilities. So you're sort of cooperating to say, all right, this turn I want to go. Poison this thing because it's got a ton of health, and we need to get it down, you know, as fast as we can. But its defensive abilities are really strong. Or, you know, uh, my wife had the Seroff, who can do a lot of um, status effect changes to themselves. Like one called blind, or um, sorry, what's it called? Flight, which allows uh, her to either just completely avoid dam incoming damage, or make her attacks undefendable. And so we would kind of just like interplay abilities to try to maximize each turn we got and it was fun it was a lot different than regular dice throne you're still playing dice throne right you're still picking a character and rolling dice and using their abilities um, but it adds gear which is a cool element that isn't in the normal game so the a lot of the loot can yeah. be gear it adds a deck builder mechanic right you have your starting deck of cards in dice Throne. you don't add to it or change it but in this game the loot is represented in cards that you add to your deck and so you're constantly choosing what to sort of add and not add so you're not you know filling your deck with trash there's a gold okay. system so you get to shop after every scenario it's just really well done and i, I couldn't have been happier with it and i again i was kind of skeptical up front knowing dice Throne and what it was but it translates perfectly and is a lot of fun i think if you like dice Throne, you're gonna love the game if you don't like dice Throne, you should still give it a shot because if you're playing with a cooperative group it's just a really good sort of dungeon crawly fast arcadey type fun thing
1: yeah, because it definitely feels like from my research, there's sort of a mixed, mixed feeling on it. You know, there's yep. there's some that think it, you know, uh, Dice Throne is fine. It didn't need this, and then other people are like you know, much like yourself and and your wife, it's like this was fun. This was solid. It took something that we loved and just extended it and made it. You know, did something different with it, but didn't ruin the original experience. But gave us a new experience that was pretty positive.
0: Yeah, I think you are literally echoing what Tom Vassell said, which is dice runs fine. We don't need this, Um, which I can see like there's a lot of people that just love the competitive chuck some dice, kill each other aspect of dice throne. And it probably wasn't a necessary thing to add, but I think they found a pretty good sweet spot by throwing a dungeon crawling element, throwing a deck building element, throwing like a loot box type element in together and just kind of what came out the other side was actually fun and I'm fairly skeptical of those types of experiences up front, but I really did enjoy it and I'm looking forward to playing it again with a different character cuz it just changes the gameplay experience. They're all different in their own way. And through season 1 and 2 there's 16 different characters to choose from, so the variety of gameplay you're going to get out of it is pretty high provided, you know, you're playing with a different group each time to get to experience it a little differently.
1: And the crazy part is only two character classes that actually matter, but yeah, you know, there's still more. <laughs>
0: Is that you're you're saying the two that you prefer is is the only? Yeah, the triant
1: and the huntress are all that matter. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I remember playing you, you. What we did two v two, and you had the huntress, and that didn't go real well, did it? Uh, yeah, you're good at engine building. I'm bad at, you're good I'm at, bad uh, at throwing dice placement, I'm, but goddamn, you're bad at dice. You are bad at dice. Don't I'm ever so play so bad craps. at dice. Uh, so the other game dice. I got in, which we just started recently, what? two, three days ago, was uh, Sleeping Gods from your man crush, Ryan Lockett. Uh, I think we're about halfway through, not quite halfway through our very first game. And it's a little bit too early for first impressions for me, I think. But I will say component-wise, it's a lovely game. The art's great. I think the theme is cool. Um, You know, you're a ship that's lost at sea and you kind of wash ashore in this uh, I don't want to say alien world, but it's not your own world. And, and you're trying to get back. You have to collect these totems to get back to your world. And, you know, you have a full crew of, of nine people. And so you split them up between, we're playing, you know, obviously two player. So we're splitting up four, four crew members each and then one that's shared. And uh, it's an interesting experience so far. Like a lot of prior games, Near and Far, Above and Below, there's, you know, some uh, nor the story-driven narrative elements to the game um there's a book that you basically look through you know read passages as you arrive at certain destinations or locations or explore so a lot of the same tropes that are in a lot of his games but this one's kind of just broader and grander in scale but so far i think it's fun um jury's still out for me if i'm gonna really enjoy it and we'll see if my wife really digs it but so far we like i said we maybe half the first scenario or half the first game in and a little too early first impressions, but so far so good.
1: Yeah. Um. From what I'm gathering, this is, they're calling this his sort of Magnum Opus, right? Ryan Lockett. Uh, I'm assuming it's still in the Arsium world, right? I, With, right.
0: I, th- I believe so. Yeah, I think so.
1: Or is it like in a parallel Arsium, which would be kind of cool.
0: I'll be honest. I, I don't have like, a lot of Ryan Lockett history. Like I played above and below once with you, but I haven't played too many of his games, so that whole universe to me is is a new thing. Uh but
1: uh, yeah, Come I, th- on, I think You got your this face basically... smashed at deep vents. Is that in there <laughs> don't, too? Don't don't forget about that one. <laughs> the one where, where your wife smashed it with those those fish. It's called Deep Vents.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember getting killed in the tile land game. Thanks for reminding
1: me. <laughs> um I don't know, did we did we play Rome?
0: No, did we didn't we play Rome? Nope, we didn't play that one yet.
1: Okay. Rome's good too. Rome's fun. Yeah. Deep Fence um,
0: and Above and Below were the only two that we got in with – Okay. That were designed by him that I know of. And now we're just trying
1: this. So Yeah.
0: Um, but you're right. I think this is considered like his, his magnum opus so far. It's definitely a lot larger in scale and scope than the other ones. And so far, I think it's very similar to the rest just with, you know, more and bigger everything. So, we'll see how it goes. But – uh we're hopefully going to finish this first game within the next week or so, and then I'll have a, a better summary of, of what uh, what we've seen so far. So I think you would dig it, though. If, you know, for whatever reason this doesn't work out, I'll have to let you know. Maybe you can just borrow it off of me and give it a shot with, with your yeah, wife, let see me know. if she'd dig it or not.
1: Yeah, because obviously, um, for those who don't know, um, there is a standalone sequel to Sleeping Gods coming to game found very soon uh, what is it called distant skies something like that yeah and uh, instead of on a ship now you have a plane but you're doing a lot of traversing on ground and it's it, it, it almost again at fr- there's not a lot of info on it there's basically probably one video uh, out there on it uh, maybe more by now but um, this was just a, a couple days ago and um, it almost feels like a. Maybe a Jaws of the Lion type style. Like, like again, how Jaws of the Lion was to Gloomhaven. It feels like maybe this is like that to Sleeping, Sleeping Gods. Gods. Yeah. Cause like it seems like there's only five characters instead of, you know, Manning nine. A lot of the mechanisms again are the same. The there's a, you know, a book map. So again, I don't know. Maybe uh, that was just again, listening, never playing Sleeping Gods. And then just looking at one photo, one image that was released of stuff. But, again, it, if it's good, I mean, it's going to, I mean, well, obviously it's going to, you know, fund on GameFound. That's not going to not get funded, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of people that yeah. have Sleeping Gods in their top ten. Uh, uh, you know, like, and yeah. and Near and Far used to be there for those people, too, right? So it just completely jumps and and moves those games out of there. Yep. You know?
0: Yeah and, and Sleeping Gods got a, a hell of a lot of um critical acclaim last year when it released and so that had me you know pretty intrigued. Usually I'll I'll check stuff out that's got a lot of play like that and um so far I, again I don't have enough to say for sure but so far I, I like what I see and we'll keep going with it here and see what we what we arrive at from in terms of opinion but there's a lot to like about it and it's a big game And I think you can play this, you know, a variety of times and never really run into the same sort of uh, set of of, of results that you would, you know, maybe near or far above and below where it's a little bit smaller in scope. So, but yeah, good so far and we'll see where it ends up. Um, Beer. We're drinking beer. I have a beer. You have a beer. I do. Let's talk about our beers. I went out and I bought a six pack so that we would not talk about the same beer every single time. So I pulled my first one out of the fridge tonight, and I regret <laughs> buying this. I'll be honest. I got something called Two Straws, Please. By uh, a, It's a collaborative brew. Brewed by RAR Brewing and Definitive Brewing, and I don't like it. It is a milkshake IPA with mango, strawberries, and lactose. 7.2%. I usually don't mind those. I usually don't mind a little bit of the lactose and some fruit. I know you hate lactose, but normally this is oh. kind of good for me, and this one... Not so good, and I did notice that the can date was like twenty twenty one and it is march of twenty twenty two and the the can says drink fresh, so that could play into things.
1: <laughs> Don't you go dying on me, buddy?
0: yeah, really We'll see what this lactose does to me tomorrow. I'm either gonna <laughs> moo or just gurgle and die. What do you got
1: so uh you know again, yes we uh we wanted to mix it up and and have some new beers as well as new games and new content. So I busted out, uh, you know, again, when we were here for two-player night, uh, we got into my Warhead stash. It was my last Mm. couple cans of Warhead, and uh, I finished the last one tonight, or I'm in the middle of finishing it. It is the Watermelon uh, Warhead. And for those who don't know uh, or they are familiar with the Candy Warhead, uh, well, there is a brewery uh, in New York uh, who is the, I guess, to my knowledge of doing research, is the only brewery in the United States that has the license and recipe to make this beer. Brew uh, The distributor in our local backyards is the only distributor other than the brewery that can get it and sell it. So... Uh, This is a pretty limited supply or limited edition type beer. Uh, This is... uh, So, like I said, I'm enjoying the Watermelon Warhead. And yes, by Warhead, I mean the candy. So, there was uh, an apple, blue raspberry, black cherry, lemon, watermelon. And was there... I think there was a strawberry. So, basically, every candy that they made, was they made it into a beer. Uh, And it is a straight-up sour, like in every sense of the word, sour. Yeah. And... I love them. They're Watermelon wasn't bad. I enjoyed it.
0: I remember the first time I had one, uh, like, we drank a good amount. We went up to a cabin with a bunch of Nerdhammer guys and we gamed. And I remember going to the bathroom and I'm pretty lit up and I look at my tongue and I'm like, why the hell is my tongue like green, blue? Like, what, is, what did I eat? And I sat in this bathroom for like a minute looking at myself, like, oh, yeah, it was the beer. <laughs> Because there's so much food coloring (laughs) in it because they want to make it look just like the candy. But it is very good. It's tasty.
1: Yeah, it's solid. So I am doing the Warhead Watermelon.
0: Well, cheers to that. Hopefully next time I have something that doesn't taste like ass because this is disappointing. And uh, the price tag is $5.49 for a single pint. So that's staring me in the face too. But moving on, we got another game in when we got together. One we were, I think you were probably a lot more excited than me to play. But after I was done, I was excited to get another one in, and we did not get to finish it because of the ginormity of this game. And that is a recent release <laughs> that's gotten a ton of no- noise and reviews. And that's Arc Nova. You picked up a copy of. I think you you didn't get it through retail channels, did you?
1: I went direct to the publisher because retail was gone. Yeah, it was gone by the. As soon as I was like, oh, I might like this. I went and hunted, and it was gone. And then, as soon as Tom Vassell, you know, well, spoiler alert, it's Tom Vassell's number one game of all time. Yeah, and, I think that's uh, bullshit,
0: but that's another topic for another day.
1: <laughs> we could, yeah. Well, let's not start a fight. We with have our a little thing in in the, in the
0: statistics world called recency bias. Hint, hint.
1: Well, I'm just saying. Anyway, so <laughs> by Tom Vassell's review, it pummeled the anywhere that you could get it. People were paying enormous prices on eBay. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were board game geek posts and Reddit posts like, we'll buy, we'll buy. Um, because, uh, from my knowledge, the publisher is just, uh, they only made so many in the first run and it might be delayed with obviously all the supply chain and shipping fun that we're dealing with, uh, right now in the world of board games and obviously in the entire world. So I was like, you know what? I can't wait. I have to try it. I got it, and this was before it was Tom Vassell's number one. I was already like, I'm like, I wanted to get it. So, but obviously, Tom Vassell going number one, it did tip the scale a little bit, and then to me, it was like, okay, there is something special here, and I, I don't mind paying like MSRP, which is direct from the publisher. You know. Yeah, so we got uh, we got a two player game set up, and
0: I think we got about an hour and a half of the game in. Uh, and I think we probably had yeah. another hour or so left, at least. But it um, was at least two I hours, en- man. I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of comparison so far to terraforming Mars. I see why. There's tons of similarities with a massive card deck that you draw from, but there's so it's much better more than added terraforming to this. Mars. There's polyominal stuff. There's a lot more tracks to keep track of. There's uh, various research and I can't even remember all the mechanics. There's that much, but it's done in a way that isn't overwhelming. You have to play. It's a, it's a complicated game. So you need to play through it once or twice. If you're going to enjoy it, you just have to do that. You have to suck it up and just play once or twice and suffer through long turns and stuff. But once you get into the flow of the turns, like a lot of complicated games, it becomes pretty bearable and actually starts to become pretty fun. And you see where the strategy lies. So you you were uh, this is an animal there's animals in this so I knew you're already on board <laughs> but what I did I didn't know is You know, Terraforming Mars is not, to me, at least outwardly, a game that you personally would love. And so the comparisons made me wonder why you're going for this. But as we played more, I could kind of see what drew you in here, aside from just the theming. And like when we played through, what were some of the things that that stood out to you mechanics-wise that really nailed this for you? Because you really wanted to keep playing, and I think you are dying to get more in.
1: I'm not going to lie, man. I wish we would have just had the discussion about calling off. And having vacation days and just playing the game. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, let's go in, let's do long haul, varsity blues, 6 a.m., we'll leave the house, right? Like, you know, it's, uh, it was that, I was that much in, 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 enthralled in with this game. So, but before I jump into Ark Nova, I, I do wanna mention a little bit about Terraforming Mars. So, number one, uh, you, we played Terraforming Mars. At PAX, our first year, which is what, four years ago at this point? Five years five, ago? Five, I think. I'm yeah. I'm trying to remember I'm even, right? Um, and I liked aspects of it. I, 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 liked the, the tableau building. I liked the, you need these three things in order to do this and in order to do that and in order to unlock this. Or if you do this, then this happens. I love the card mechanic in terraforming Mars. I do not like any, I, I don't know. I guess I'm being a little, little harsh. I don't enjoy <laughs> some of the other mechanics of, oh, now you gotta build a forest or now you gotta change the oxygen level or now you gotta do this. Like, I, 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 I couldn't, I, I guess I get it. I understand it. But I just, I didn't have fun. Okay. Uh, but I, Enjoyed the game enough to teach it the next day at PAX, right? So I, I taught the, those three <laughs> of them. people to play. Um, but, uh, but again, me. it was one of those things like you, so, you, you know, since you guys just did a four player game and there were five of us, uh, so I had to do something with my day. So I helped out another gaming group. But anyway, so now fast forward to last year. Last year, uh, they come out with the Aries expedition version. Yep. Uh, it was kickstarted and then Target got it. And, uh, my wife's, my wife's cousin, who, who I game with, uh, as much as humanly possible, uh, he, he was up here, uh, visiting and he was like, let's go get it. So we took a trip to Target and we went and bought it. We played it immediately. And I actually thought that was better than, than the original terraforming Mars. It had, it, w- it was just, it, w- it was like, again, similar style, but like it didn't do all the fiddly stuff that got me annoyed but but i was like okay and then obviously let's enter our arc nova uh you know the the joke was what terraforming zoo they call it yeah (laughs) now i feel that it starts and stops at that deck of cards is the only thing you can compare to terraforming mars there is nothing else in this game that i feel is that close to it yeah i i know there are other games that feel like that 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 you can compare it to. But the only thing I can take from Terraforming Mars is the cards. And and you need X amount of symbols, or you need this thing or that thing, or you need to have this amount of stuff in order to play certain cards. And I'll be honest with you, that is the best part of Terraforming Mars anyway. So kudos, Ark Nova, from finding the good part of one game and making it better by slapping animals on it.
0: <laughs> yep. I would agree.
1: But, uh, but but um yes it is intimidating. It's an intimidating game and I think it is probably one of my heaviest games. I and I'm not a big heavy heavy game guy. Uh but 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 I like but but it's simple. Like it took us an hour, right? It took us an hour to figure it out and like I saw your your gears turning, you saw my gears turning like we were making you know going back to the rule book and confirming iconography and
0: of which there's a lot
1: but after there's a lot yeah 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 it's a lot and and again this is where this that that sort of heavy part comes in right it, it's it's heavy but i love the brain burn that this game provides i love it it makes me feel like i'm a smarter person by playing it like it just there are so many choices and there is it almost felt, and maybe I don't know if, I don't know if you felt this way, but, and again, it, it's not there. However, almost like a real time strategy game, right? When we used to play Empire Earth or Warcraft 3, it feels like it has build orders, but you bit. can't do the build orders because there's randomization. But it's like, I need this to do this, to then do this, to then do this. However, I need this first, but like, I want that first. Like, so you just try, so you're trying to, almost outthink yourself in a weird way
0: yeah i had trouble really kind of settling on there's always that investment of infrastructure in those games right do i boost my economy before i start going after military or whatever and this had that in a way where it's like do i want to go get some of those things off to our left done that are are gonna make me more efficient on each turn in terms of action efficiency or income rather than go claim like a you know a, a giant panda or an, a Bengal tiger <laughs> off the, the card stack so that I can save that thing for later. And then a, a, the other thing that came into that too, which I didn't really expect, but I think is really good, or at least I thought it was good. Maybe I'll be wrong when we play it again. They really limit what you can hold on to in your hand. So I think what was it? Oh, you can only hold break, three cards. The
1: coffee breaks. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, you can only hold three cards in your hand, and then you can get an upgrade that allows you to hold five, but that isn't a lot of cards. If you've played Terraforming Mars, you know, you can, you can hold a good chunk of cards in that game. Dude, Uh,
1: you need another set of arms to hold the cards in Terraforming Mars. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's nuts. It gets pretty nuts to keep track of what you have. This game kind of forces more decision making there, which I actually really liked. The only knock I I I have there is that. that when you're learning, it feels like a complete shit show of a guessing game to try to figure out what you should hang on to and what you shouldn't after some more playthroughs and after some more familiarity with the cards and some of the mechanics, I think that would make more sense. But as it was in that first playthrough, I was sitting there just like, I've, I have no idea. I'm just going to chuck this card and let's keep this. Ooh, there's a lemur. And you know, like you just are kind of guided by circumstance. And I think as you mentioned, the wheels start to turn more as you play more and you're going to figure that out.
1: Yeah. honestly, getting that upgrade to five cards i think is critical yeah um like i don't th- I, I think that has to be the first thing you do you need those cards because uh cards lead to more options cards and now uh, granted it does add more to your thinky and to your <laughs> yep. to your brain steam like oh, you have more to worry about you have more to figure out um but i think you need but it but like yeah um like even like i'm just going through one of my turns right like that, that research track, I, I think it's called sponsorship track, right? I think, yeah. right? Is yep. the one with the sideboard, right? Where you get the little, uh, the other continents and then you get the, the badges, right? So I didn't have enough money one turn to do something that I wanted to do or, or I would have been, you know, sort of out of money. However, every sort of dollar in this game matters. So I opted to do a, a, a sponsor action to get a, a continent reduction. In, in animal costs. If it, if like, for example, an animal is in Asia and you put, uh, the Asia continent in the first slot, you get net, you know, minus three coins to its cost. So then I was able to do that first, which then allowed me to play the animal, which allowed, or allowed me to build the enclosure, which allowed me to build the animal or uh, put the animal in the zoo. But it was, but it worked out and it's trying to figure out that little puzzle of what you need to do and how to efficiently do it as best as possible and that's where i think the beauty of this game is is the because it all is awesome there isn't anything not awesome in this game like when you're, it's your turn all five of your actions are fantastic they're all great yeah like break let's get cards Right. Or or um now we got to try to get my scoring track up, my victory point track. Oh, wait, I need fame. So I got to build animals or oh, I got this cool, you know, meerkat exhibit. So I got to get that in, you know, because that's bonus points because it ties it like everything is positive. There isn't anything. I mean, yeah, there's a little take that, but we didn't really get into it yet because um, you're boa constrictor. But I had that card. that like stops that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it was like but it was again, there isn't. Like, no decision is bad. It's just an optimization that you're trying to figure out of when is the right time to do this good thing.
0: Yeah. And I, I think
1: the, the actions I love it. That, I love that have
0: is is sort of – it's very unique. They have a, a player tableau in front of you and you have basically five actions you can perform. And they're illustrated out in cards. So you have five cards and each have, you know, the associated action listed on them when you use one, you have to pick that card up and wherever it is in the order of one through five, one on your left, five on your right, that dictates the value that it's at at the time you take the action, dictates the efficacy of the action you take. So if I have, um, you know, purchase animals at five, I'm able to buy two animals. And then I pick that card up and I move it to one and I slide everything else down. I really like that. Um, And part of the reason why is because you almost have to look at how much time you have in the round before that coffee break thing happens and things kind of reset and you're forced to discard cards and you kind of have to plan out what you're doing based off where the positions of those cards are and what comprises your hand and what resources you have. And so I was able to almost at times in a way just chess that out and like plan, okay, these are the next four actions I'm going to do in this exact order playing these exact cards. And I was able to pull that off a couple times when we played and I really, really like that. I really like that you can.
1: You were like almost four, like Sun Quan, the Monkey King, with all your, uh, yeah. <laughs> with all your old world apes. You kept, yeah, and, and
0: like those those uh, X tokens, which basically allow you to kind of manipulate those ability card yeah. values uh, or where they are in that that track of one through five is really cool too. So because yeah,
1: sometimes you only want it to be a three, yeah. right? So it's like, and it's in your yeah. two slot, so it's like, ah, let, ah, it's worth it, you know, and making that decision.
0: Yep, and I, I just really thought that was well done and, and makes uh, – it, it makes it hard because you agonize sometimes, but it also allows you to sort of plan ahead very, very carefully and meticulously to execute that round of turns in a way that benefits you. And I just thought it was good. I thought it was very good. So
1: – Yeah, I think I think AP I think is first, definitely first a factor here. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Like t- b- before, yeah, before we get to, f- to first impression, like, or, 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 like, sort of final thoughts, like, I think AP is definitely a thing here or can be a thing here. So it's like one of those things where you just got to be patient with people. Like, everyone's going to be learning it. You got to take your time. It, yep. If, if, if you, you, you need to dedicate a dedicated day, like, the day to, to really introduce and play this with a group of, of people and, and, and take your time. Get some wine and sip. It, this is not a. This is not a race. This is a, a, a or what is it? A sprint? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. This yeah. game, um, and uh and and it's more Olympic mag- marathon. It's not high school track marathon. This is Olympic marathon.
0: And uh, experienced board and, gamers think I, too that this is you know oh I could crank these games out an hour and a half I play it. No, you're not. You're not.
1: You're no, just so this not. Is, this is a three to four hour game. Especially if you're just learning it, if not longer. Yep. Um, again, the more player count, you got to add more time because people, people interpret and learn at different spades, speeds. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they they're viewing and looking at the board differently than you are. Uh, you know, their hand is completely unique and different. So they have things that they're trying to accomplish. So I, so I guess Ryan, you go first and then I'll do my sort of final thought.
0: I really enjoyed it. Um, you have to be in the mood for such a big game, which is fine. Uh, y- if you know what you're getting into, it's fine. I think at four players, it probably could be a, a bit too long. Um, I- I'm curious about downtime in between turns with that many players. Mechanically speaking – That's where the
1: sipping of wine comes in, I think. You got to yeah, be patient. You better have bottles why you to- sitting nearby, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> um Absolutely, but I, I think the mechanics are great. I think the melding of various types of mechanics, the polyominoes and the tableau building and the you know hand building, like it's it's solid. It works. It it isn't disjointed in any way. I don't think. At least I didn't feel that way. And my only other complaint, really, you know, and this is a small thing, is just the iconography is. It's enormous. It's just enormous. Like, I, I, we played Oath, which we'll, we've talked about before, and we're going to do a review at some point. Oath has just an insane amount of iconography, and Leader always includes, like, a really good, you know, player aid slash board or whatever with iconography. I feel like they, they had this in Ark Nova, but I feel like it could have been a little cleaner. But that's kind of nitpicky. Yeah, I think so it's, not, you play it, you it's, start it's not War space. Chest. No. But
1: it's also not <laughs> no. Oath, right? Like, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um
0: but overall, so. my, my final thoughts: <laughs> I I enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to playing again. I, I'm nervous at four, but I'm excited to try it at four because I think it'll be a tight scoring, fun affair.
1: Yeah, I well, and it's not because I bought it and spent the money. I I, I love this game. I love I I love the thinkingness, crunchiness of this game. It it makes me feel like a smarter person. <laughs> you know like I just I, I, is that all it takes or, or I guess more more intelligent and, and then and you wrap the the theme of building your own zoo right I think what was it shut up and sit down was like it's like zoo tycoon in a box right yeah. like you know kind of thing and like uh, again I think if you can be patient and and, and just know you're in for an experience it, you're not gonna get it all right away it's not all gonna be you know oh just do this or that like it's not the actions are important and, and, and they're, the mechanics of the actions are important. And I think if you give it the time and you really want it to work for you, this is going to be a solid game. And, and I think it's, it could be like, you know, uh, you, know you make the joke about, or if you've seen the, the episode of Ri- uh, Seinfeld where, uh, Newman and Kramer are playing Risk on the subway. Like it has <laughs> that type of epicness to it, right? Like, yeah, granted, it's not going to be all day, but, or two days, or three days, or a marathon like that, but, like, it, it 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 can have that sort of epicness to it, and all you're really doing is sort of playing cards, and you're trying to get cards that work with other cards, and then you're trying to Im- improve your efficiency of your zoo and, and the efficiency of your economy, and, like, it's got a lot of these layers to it, and you have to tackle each layer yeah. at the right time, and even if you don't, it's not that detrimental. Just because you don't get this this round doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You can always get it next round or try for it next round. Uh That's that's the one thing I like, too. It it doesn't punish you if you feel you made the wrong move after you make your action or you move. Like, I don't think it's that punishing. I love this game a lot. I, I want more of it. I want to finish one game. And again, this is just, what, two hours of gameplay? Pretty much. I'm already in love, but... You know, I guess I, I fall in love too fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I like will, we will definitely have to get this on the table for a game night. I know we're going to go through one or two more sessions of Oath. And then I think uh, it's probably going to be time to to whip it out with the four of us and, and play it. See how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. Glad we got it to the table. Glad we even just got two hours of playtime in just to get a kind of preface to the game. I think we're both waiting for more. So it should be. Shouldn't be long before we get the opportunity to get that to the table again. Hopefully with four people, and maybe even just two if we get you and I get another evening to to get some two player stuff in. Yeah. So moving on from something very heavy to something a hell of a lot lighter. <coughs> Our review tonight is for Quacks of Quedlinburg. This has been out for quite some time now, and is one of my favorite family, uh, you know, four or five player group games. Five player if you have the expansion. A very lighthearted, fun sort of gambling mechanic game where you are a potion crafter and an alchemist, whatever you are. You're mixing ingredients inside of a pot, and you don't want your pot to explode. And so you're blindly pulling these chips or tokens out of a bag that you're given, and you can uh, put them in your pot. And if you reach a certain number of these white cherry bomb chips, your pot explodes and you don't score or you can't buy new chips. You can buy new chips every round. You get to score points every round, depending on how far you get from placing chips. There's basically a circle, that concentric circle, that works its way out from the inside for scoring. It is a very fun game, and we're going to talk about Quacks now. So let's jump in to our review, and let's start with you. We do our games off of five categories for reviews. There's theme, balance, fun, Component quality and replayability, and we rate things on a scale of one, well, I guess technically zero to five if it's that bad, but we haven't had a zero yet. How about you start us off yeah, with the- I think the lowest
1: theme? has been a two. Yeah, I in think my, so. At least in my world, was, the lowest was a two. Yep. So from a theme perspective, I don't know, maybe I'm bad at judging what a theme is in a board game, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I don't feel like the potion guy, Like I don't feel like some shrink- that's running into this town with a, with a, with a jar of, uh, a coat full of tinctures and selling snake oil type thing. Like, that's not how I feel. Uh, but, uh, I think the package of, of what you're doing and the aesthetic of what it is, I think is, is really good and it's neat and it's fun. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the tails of mice and eye of newt and mushrooms and then pumpkins and, you know, I mean, there's so many different little uh, tokens to add to your bag and, and then ultimately to your your potions. So I went, again, middle of the road with it. I think it's a solid three.
0: That's fair. I went with a 3.5, a lot of the same reasons. It's just, it's a gambling mechanic game. I'm pulling shit out of a bag and putting it on a board. I don't, the theme's cool, like, and the, the art really ties everything together. I think it's a very colorful and beautiful game. And I, you know, I never don't enjoy looking at it on the table. Um, But I think the, The theme doesn't really resonate too much with me. I think it it does fine for the game. So middle of the pack, I I gave it a 3.5. And the only reason I went up a little bit is because I think the art really seals the deal for the game. And it it does in the expansions too. There's two expansions. There's Herb Witches, which adds um, some additional abilities for some of the chips. It adds six to pumpkin tokens that like a token with a six on it. So you can move it even further out. And it adds in witch pennies, which are kind of like one use abilities throughout the oh. game. And then the second is witch the, pennies are the call. alchemist expansion. And I don't have that one. You can make fun of me, but I believe it's not widely available in the U S so too bad. At some point I will pick it up though. Uh, balance. So I gave this a 4.5 because how do you rate a game that, is basically just uh, <laughs> picking things out of a bag blindly and hoping for the best, right? Anybody that plays it knows that you can gamble and kind of save your own ass with the, the potion that uh, basically sits on your player board. It's kind of like this flask that you can flip over and basically put the last white chip you drew back in the bag, which helps you sort of avoid trouble. Um, there's also a really cool catch-up mechanic in the game. Very simple, but works. Where the players who are behind the player in first place, on the scoring track, there are little rats. And for every rat tail between you and the player in first place, you may move your starting location in your pot up that many spaces. And so there's a pretty good catch-up mechanic there that kind of keeps the game close. And I think when we played the last time uh, at PAX, I was running away with it early, and you guys were using the rat tails. And you ended up eventually winning, I believe. So... You know, plenty of evidence that that catch up mechanic not only works, but doesn't work for everybody, right? It depends. So I think the balance is pretty well tuned. There are a couple small things I have where certain chip combinations seem to win games more often than not. I've noticed pumpkin and mushroom tend to really give you a chance to win uh, a lot more than, let's say, going heavy ghosts or uh, the death's head moth. Some of them just don't seem to really provide a lot of fuel for winning the game, but. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just haven't played enough to see those. I know I've played this game probably at least a dozen times so far, maybe more, but I think it's fairly balanced. So 4.5.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I felt the same way. I mean, to your point, you're pulling things out of a bag and, uh, the way you get better at quacks is you play the game and you try different combinations of chips, uh, and you see what works for you. What, what, what is better for you. And it wasn't until I don't know what is it my half a dozen game that the, packs was my sixth time or so playing. Yeah. Like I saw it, I was like, okay, I got you. And then eventually I did, and because uh, <laughs> I don't think I had even come close to beating you at Quacks to the point where honestly I didn't even think the game was good. <laughs> um, so uh <laughs> I was, it was like so I just wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't having fun, and not because I wasn't winning. But it, I, I wasn't seeing seeing the 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 puzzle. I wasn't seeing the the way. And, and eventually, I got it. I, and eventually, I saw it. And again, it's not overly complicated. It's just there's a lot of choices, and I, and I like that. Typically in a game, but then always exploding or you know pressure luck, and it was it's almost as bad as dice rolling. <laughs> um, so um, so it wasn't my game right off the bat. But but it's I've grown to love it and appreciate it. And I get it now, so I will definitely want to play it. And if someone's like, "Yo, I want to play Quacks," I'm like, "Yeah, let's go." But from a balance perspective, you just gotta, you know, learn your learn learn by playing and learn by picking different chip combos. And at that point, balance isn't an issue; it's a five. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing that's an imbalance. And if if you feel like again, like you like you said, the catch up mechanic, then also balances the game for you. If someone like. Went crazy and bought the right chips at the right time and is just having like, you know, like they have a rabbit's foot crammed in their anus. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to, but you're going to catch up. And that gives you the opportunity to load your, your bag up with the right stuff, see what's not working and pivot and change and then start buying those chips yeah. and pull ahead and win. So again, balance is a five.
0: So what do you have for fun? <laughs>
1: This one's tough, right? Because I just went on that whole rant about not liking. Yeah, now game, I'm curious. I, it, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I again, I'm I'm sort of middle of the road with it. I don't I don't hate it uh, anymore. Uh, I do have a fondness for it, um, but it is not like my favorite game. It wasn't isn't the first thing I go to when I want to play a game. Uh, so I went sort of middle of the road with a three point five. I'm surprised by that. Uh maybe because
0: I put a 5 for this. This is a, one of my most favorite games to play because of how fun it is. I love the gambling mechanic. <laughs> I love watching people explode. I love watching people gamble and use their flasks only to pull out the same chip they just put back in the bag. Uh I love yeah. watching my kids have a good time play this and and try to, you know, beat dad and they they do a good job sometimes with chip balancing and everything. It's it's just such a good game. It's super approachable. It's very easy for a lot of people to play. It's got a very simple mechanic in that you just draw chips and place them. The You know, the shop is cool. There's just so many things about it that are really, really fun to me. And, and it's just because of that accessibility, I think I'm able to get this in front of more people. And the more people I'm playing with, the more fun it gets. So this is a five for me. Go yeah, ahead, snarky hard. comments. Bring them on. I know I, there's something brewing in there. I
1: was just going to say- <laughs> I was just gonna say that's that's Willie Nelson high. <laughs> uh,
0: component quality for this one I had a four. Um, one of the common complaints about quacks is the chips that you put in the bag, right The ingredient chips. they are cardboard and over many plays they will wear out. Um, and there's famously some geek uh, geek bit upgrades that you can get from board game geek that are plastic tokens. There are also these little uh, plastic coin containers that you can put them in. I don't know if it's like a nickel or size or whatever, and you can basically protect them that way. But that is my only real knock on the game is, is a lot of cardboard in that box. And uh, the insert is non-existent. So I basically had to put all the chips in little, in a Plano tackle box and figure out a way and the rubies and all the other stuff that comes with the game to fit in there. Um, so the insert's just terrible but artwork's great. The player boards are great. The scoring track's great. Wooden components to come with it. Just those chips really need that upgrade, in my opinion. Yes, I did buy them. I am that much of a uh, quacks aficionado that I went out and bought. Not only the the main set, but the uh, Herb Witches upgrade too, so that I would have the six pumpkin tokens (laughs) and I wouldn't have to have different tokens (laughs) because you would instantly be able to tell which is which when you reach into your bag. But four for me, they just need to, fix it insert and upgrade the cardboard
1: tokens yeah I, again I, I I think this was a game um, that sort of came out at a time period where the demand or, or almost like an expectation on components yep and the inserts wasn't a thing yeah. or wasn't as prevalent definitely I mean quacks is yeah Quax is like almost like original gateway like I put I put sort of quacks in that world with like You know, or or early games like Catan and Dominion and Ticket to Ride. Like, I feel like Quacks is like the next class, right? Like, if if there's like a, a, you know, freshman, junior, senior kind of class, like, it's the next class of of game like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And those other games weren't that great either, right? And they have the same similar thing. So, from a component standpoint, I just went middle of the road on this one as well. Like, it's a three. I mean it's just cardboard and then like the little diamonds or whatever. Um but again for its time period I think it's solid for what it is. Um and again, it's it it also goes to show like you don't need that one. You don't need like it doesn't need to have great things to still be a good game. Which I'm surprised, like I know with all the third party stuff, like on Etsy and the board game geek geek up bits, like it's why didn't they ever come out and capitalize? Why didn't they just capitalize and make a like an Uber big box with all this cool stuff? Like, I mean, look at Capstone. Like, dude, like a little bit, like something. I don't know. Quacks changed.
0: I, I know it changed publishers a couple times. Like Northstar had it, and I can't remember oh, who has it maybe. now. Maybe it's yeah. Northstar that has it now. But it, it, I think that it might have something to do with it too.
1: Yeah, it, that could be. Um, but yeah, middle of the road. I went three on it. Not, not awful. But again, there's, there's still room to be. Uh, to grow and, and be cooler.
0: Yep. So replayability, I think this is a, a pretty clear number for
1: you. <laughs> I actually, I, I this is, well, again, I gave the balance a five, but this is my next highest. This is a four. Again, there is so much variety in, in those chips and in those, I mean, I think we even joked about like, We've only played one version of Quacks this entire time. Like this was, and then we added the Herb Witch piece, like, and it was just like the one aspect of it. Yep. But there was like three more modules to the Witches we didn't even try yet. Like, <clears throat> there's a lot of content in, in Quacks. And honestly, it, it, it doesn't necessarily get, get old. Again, I think my jokes earlier was just, I wasn't giving it the chance. Either I, my head was in a different zone or in a different space. But when you sit down, you focus and you get what Quacks does and what Quacks brings, you're like, Yeah, this is pretty good. And this is fun. So, yeah, that's a four for me on replayability.
0: I gave it a five because I have played that game at least 12 to 15 times probably. And I still have not used anywhere close to all the different chip variations. So, for every chip, there's like three or four or five different effects that they do. And we've only – our group especially has only ever played with the base version, like the learner's version. There are so many different combinations and permutations of all those chips combined for different scoring conditions, different abilities. Then you throw herb witches into that where the witch pennies have three or four different variations for each one. There's so much game packed into that box. And on top of that, we always play with the pot side – There's another side that you can flip over and play in an entirely different way that has vials at the bottom. I haven't even tried that yet. (laughs) There is a ton of stuff for this game. So much replayability. Probably, I would say, out of all the games I own, it's got to be maybe top five in terms of just sheer number of permutations of different games you could play based off of all those things. So this is far and away a five for me. I'm still not even close to having – played all the possible options and it makes me want to play it that much more to just see the wacky shit you come up with when you you know combine different ingredients and different scoring conditions all right so that does it for our quacks review i ended up with a 4.4 4. i
1: i'm at a 3.7
0: what were you 3.7 final score
1: yeah it was a 3.7 that is by
0: far your lowest score
1: actually it is not oh there no two games that we reviewed there are two games that we reviewed that were lower. What was lower? So uh Destiny's and Charterstone.
0: Oh we had Charterstone Yeah, okay. That's fair. Destiny's flopped um, for both of us, I think, and Charterstone had its had its uh <laughs> after twelve games a, I, a roller coaster of emotion. Oh god damn that game. I wanted to love it so
1: much more, <laughs> I really did.
0: So is this a, a game that makes you uh wanna wanna lose friends? Do you want to punch people in the face or flip some tables?
1: For me, it's an absolute yes. Um, I get so mad at you specifically. <laughs> at this um, I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. No, it's not.
0: Um, I get lucky all the time and my family gets pissed and other friends get pissed. It is not you. I have some, I'm not Irish, but I might as well be because whatever luck that's in them seems to run through my veins in games like this. I just avoid all the bad things and well, get all the good things and people get so pissed and I don't know what it is. It's not like I'm trying.
1: It's to the point. It's to the point where I think because you're always the banker that hands out the chips, yeah. <laughs> that you have also marked like certain chips and certain tokens. So when you put your little your little paws in that bag, you feel it's like got braille you know, on the them. little grooves, a little yeah, and then like you know what to pick because <laughs> I don't think I've seen you. I may, maybe I can count on one hand how many times you busted in this game. Like
0: yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen much. You deserve
1: not have friends after this.
0: (laughs) I, I don't, (laughs) I don't consider this one a table flipper unless somebody's just having some really bad luck the whole time, at which point they're just like, F this, F this game. And it's basically you. (laughs) It's like all the things, all the sentiments you've expressed a hundred percent qualify here. So. No, I don't think it's a table flipper, but I think you'll see people get pissed once in a while. It's more at their own luck than the other players, though, because there's not a ton of player interaction, if any, in this game. So that is either. our. I don't
1: think there is any, right? There's... Yeah,
0: not really. That is our Quacks review. Uh, I expected a lower score from you, so I can't say I'm surprised. And I thought for sure you would give me a lot of crap for giving it a fun rating of five. And I'm sure I'll hear more after the show is over. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> stay tuned. I will update you on this developing story.
1: Uh, that brings us... <laughs> this revelation <laughs> that I didn't pounce on how how bad you are at reviewing games. <laughs> uh,
0: it's all in the moment, baby. All in the mo- You keep your historical yeah. reference. I just go off of what I'm feeling. It's all on the emotions. Raw. Unfettered. All right. Backed bot. I don't have anything. It's been a very light month and a half for me game-wise. Uh, the only thing I can bring up is I just backed... A new game that was out on Kickstarter called God, I can't even remember the name is at this, this point. Illiterati. Illiterati, that is correct. It has reached 991% of funding as of today, which is what did I say March eighth, twenty twenty two, and it still has sixteen days to go, so they've blown away their funding goals. It looks really solid. It's a cooperative word survival word cooperative survival word game for one to five players. Basically, you're uh, given three minutes to try to spell as many words as you can from a, a select group of uh, letter tiles. And you have to basically not leave any leftover if you can. And sometimes there's guidelines to what you're allowed to spell. So for example, you might only be able to spell food or you know edible items or whatever. It just looks uh, really, really fun. I love word games. I have Letter Jam. I still haven't played it. I'm dying to try it you know, again, cooperative, but it was right up my alley. Price point was very reasonable for the deluxe edition. Uh, even for standard, it was great. So back that, and I'm excited to see what happens with it.
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, and Scrabble had an illegitimate child.
0: And then gave right. it real artwork and it's a back- so background story.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then somehow try to apply theme. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, cause again, you can't have a game without theme anymore, but, uh, but it's, it's – yeah, it was on my list too. So I'm glad you uh, took the plunge on this one so I didn't have to. So that's good. There's So a quote, for me – Real, real uh, quick,
0: there's a quote in the campaign that? that I loved. If you love word games but Scrabble nearly destroys your relationships, then you need to try Illiterati. That right there in a nutshell describes exactly why I'm backing this game.
1: <laughs> nice. True words were never spoken, right? Uh, so yeah. Uh, so – I guess since – I'm only currently backing one game at Current. However, uh, moments ago, a Kickstarter under the name of Earth uh, has successfully funded. So I was backing that. Uh, again, if you follow us on Instagram, I posted that a couple weeks ago. It was like my pick of the week. I thought it's solid game. looks a lot of fun. Price point was great for the deluxe. Like, How are you going to get a game for less than $43 that's deluxified? like just doing the investment alone, you know, even if you don't like it, sell it, you'll get your money back. Won't be a big deal. Uh, so that one just closed or just, uh, successfully funded. So right now, the only thing I'm backing is deep root dwellers. Um, so again, I think you heard my plea for backers earlier in the episode, but I think we're going to stay in contact with Kevin. So hopefully we'll have more content on this down the road. And you know, if it doesn't succeed now, much like, uh, Kabbalah, it'll rise like a phoenix and get done the second time. So,
0: yeah, and I hope we have a, an active part there in that. I, I'm also with you on this one. I, the art drew me in, the gameplay pulled me in even further. I think there's something good there about this game. Um, I really want to try it. I think I hope we can get a prototype copy because it just looks like something I think you and I would both enjoy, and it looks like a solid game in its own right too. So. I very much hope yeah, to I see mean, them succeed if they don't fund this time around which it looks like they're not going to but we'll try to get involved there as much as we can so again nice work getting uh, networked in there and, and hopefully we can you know get in touch with them and get a prototype copy soon
1: yeah you know me I'm pretty tenacious any <laughs> any uh, bought what about buying yeah i me? i'm, I'm you? on, I'm How about on you? zilch
0: man i got nothing for uh for the next couple so your months the literati kind of is your off march? because the um, the Kickstarter backlog this year is quite large. There's going to be a lot of games arriving this year. And so I think with the shelf space concerns and the fact that I've got a lot to play through, I might hold off on buying for a little bit unless it's uh, something fairly cheap. How about you?
1: Yeah, so I'm sort of in that same boat. I haven't really um, bought anything new. Uh, However, things are showing up. Uh, So I think one of my most anticipated games of 2022... All right, was it was more of an expansion or maybe it was my honorable mention, I can't remember, but uh the Villainous expansion with the uh Pixar characters. So you get Syndrome, Lotso, that uh that grumpy pink bear and then um Madam Mim from Sword in the Stone. So I I love me Villainous. Uh so I'm so happy that they keep this franchise going or this you know this game going with more content. Uh so I I'm super pumped to get that to the table. You were you were talking earlier about Sleeping Gods. Now or Never uh, has shown up. So I uh, unboxed it, organized it, and then put it back on the shelf. <laughs> that one's one that, again, much like Ark Nova, I think is going to take a specific group and some a specific amount of time to get through. Uh, and then Canvas. Uh, Canvas arrived. That was a, a Kickstarter I backed, I believe, last year. It was actually for the expansion for Canvas where you were able to add on the original game. Uh, and this thing is beautiful. Yeah, it looks uh, really nice. I cannot wait. It's, it's simple. It's fun, but yet it's got enough decisions that you're not like, you, you know, you, again, it's, um, you know, real quick, you have a max hand size of five. As soon as you have five cards, your next action is you have to build a painting. So if you've been picking cards poorly or planning poorly, you're going to get host and you're not going to get a lot of good money for your paintings. So. Again, it's a simple mechanic: pick a card or build a painting. That's it. And I, I, but yet, there's so much decision that goes into this and planning. Uh, and again, that's just with the base. Like there's a uh, so many different scoring mechanisms in this game. Um, but you know, I, I I really dig it so far. Um,
0: I loved when we were hanging out at your place playing, and you had gotten them menu. You were showing me the boxes, and your wife walked up, and you're like, "Come here, come here, look at this." And you flipped it over, and there's little triangular holes in the back because you can actually take the box and hang it on the wall as art. And she just looks at you, looks at the box, and looks at me, and then just kind of, like, gives me this look. (laughs) Like, who gives a shit? (laughs) And it just made me laugh so hard. I thought it was cool. You thought it was cool. She's just like, yeah, whatever. Get the shit out of my face.
1: Yeah, my wife doesn't like... The passion that I have for board games.
0: Well, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they did that. It's it's a neat idea, and, and yeah. for the theme of the game too, it works and it looks like such a beautiful, fun game. It's actually one I'm really excited to try too. So we got to get that to the table next time we do a two player night because that's yeah. that's high on my list. I want to check it out.
1: Well, and that was the crazy part because I bought the game for her. I thought she would enjoy it. Like not you know not like hey, here's your game. It was more like I bought the game because I thought she would like it. We have a. Another game from Yellow called Kanagawa uh, that her and I've played a while ago, and it's got you're building a a landscape game, or you're building a landscape painting, and depend, you know, and again, it's very similar from a, a, a some of the mechanics and some of the scoring. It's similar, and she always liked that game, so I was like, ah, oh, this one looks kind of similar, similar mechanics. Actually, maybe even a little simpler. Maybe she would dig it. So that's why it got purchased. Again, not to mention how beautiful it is, which is scary because, like, I would love to find a a place to do it actually right and put it on the wall. But what if they come out with a third game and then I got to hang another third box? Like, I'm nervous. Like, (laughs) I want to put it somewhere like... I know, like, yeah, you gotta plan in that layout. Or, or then it's they do the big tough. painting box, right? So then it's like, it trashes all the three paintings that you had or five paintings, like, and then you get, then I'm done. And I'm just, I think I might just <laughs> pull out at that point. We're done. But, but yeah, canvas, super yeah. cool. Yeah. Beautiful game. Uh, simple, fun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, again, I, I've just played a little bit. I want to get it with more players, uh, just to see how it is. Cause I think that'll add more dynamic nature to the, to the game, but it's a solid game. It's fun. Well,
0: we will definitely get Arc Nova, Canvas, and some more to the table soon. We're gonna have uh, plenty oh, of content to have for this podcast this year with the number of games that we have to play. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and there'll be plenty to talk about. So that's gonna do it for us tonight. Any closing remarks for our dear listeners before we head out?
1: Well, I just want to say thank you again for everyone's support. Uh, the likes, the comments, the the you know the direct messages. You know, we're here. Let us know what you think. Comment. Give us feedback. You know, is there, is there something you want us to talk about? Is there a topic that 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 you you know you want to hear our thoughts on? Is there um, a, a a type of game you're looking for recommendations on, or or you know something? Let us know, uh, and, and we'll we'll make you a part of the show. Um, and again, this again, thank you, Antonio, uh, a couple of Chris's, and uh, and Kevin. So thank you guys.
0: Yep, and check us out on our Instagram account, PlayGamesLoseFriends. You can hit us up, comments at our Gmail account, PlayGamesLoseFriends at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at PlayGamesLoseFriends.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. We'll be back soon. No more long hiatuses for us. We'll talk to you in the next couple of weeks with some more playthroughs and hopefully an oath review next as we'll have some more games under our belt. Until next time, everybody, take care, play games, and have a good time. Later. Later.